0: Hey, 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 you're now listening or watching the Halos in the Infield podcast with your host Todd Fox and Fernando the Lone Star Halo brought to you in part by Noble L Works just outside of Anaheim Stadium and the Pond or the Honda Center where you can get drink specials just by mentioning Halos in the Infield. Also brought to you in part by 714 Tickets. 714 Tickets. 714 Tickets is a place to go to get 10% off of any ticket purchase just by also mentioning H-I-T-I, Halos in the infield. Now enjoy the show.
1: And welcome everybody to Halos in the infield. My name is Fernando, a.k.a. the Lone Star Halo, joined here by a familiar face that everyone seems to like every time we bring him back, Mr. Ty Butry. Ty, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great, Fernando. Thanks for having me back on, man. I love coming on, talking shop with you guys, and you're a passionate passionate fan and passionate human being, man. So I've just, you know, I, uh, just thank you for caring about my crazy journey and wanting me to come back on here and speak.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, there's always room for good people. And, you know, I, I think it's evident because every time we, you come on, people do tune in, You know, and I mean, you're a couple of years away, removed from an angel's career. But the fact that people still care should let you know that people like genuine people. You and Sam are both hard workers. You guys are genuine people. And I know that's why you and I have kind of always vibed so well. I feel like you and I, there's not a lot of room these days for good, genuine people. So when you Mm. find those people, you got got to keep them around. So, you know, you and I have been fortunate enough to have a friendship.
0: Dude, it's been crazy. I, you know, I, I'm I'm thankful for our friendship, Fernando. And honestly, when I left Ball, like there was just uh, there was a just a core group of people that Sam and I could just kind of count on. And you guys would always engage with our silly stuff that we were doing. You know, drip social and BTL and live shows and graffiti and art and all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, you know, we we love building community and like doing all this stuff, man. And the fact that you guys were You guys are ride or die, man. And so I uh, appreciate that. I mean, it's that's just kind of this journey that we've been on. Sam and I have got to know a lot of uh, we've got to meet uh, a lot of new people that we just really didn't know. And, And, you know, when you're in the when you're in the big leagues or you're in AAA, there's always that like there's always that little like fan player barrier. And you can't really break through it because you just don't really know. Like, you know, you don't know like the parties don't really know each other outside of just being player fan. And that was the cool part about, well, not the cool part about leaving, but when I left, um, it really like kind of dissolved that barrier and I got to meet a lot of cool people. So appreciate you saying that. Um, it, it means a lot, man.
1: So real quick, I know that Sam's always gassing you up and, you know, you guys have a good relationship that way. Dude, she, she's on another level at this point, dude, like she's doing really well.
0: Dude. Sam's the sugar mama now. She's she's bringing Dude, she's just so impressive, man. Like, I get so much joy. I really, it really is, like, one of my happiest. Like, that's what makes me happy. Like, throwing fastballs really hard. Uh, Arizona spring training. Good food. um, Traveling and seeing cool places. And seeing, oh, and, yeah, and then seeing Sam just absolutely dominate. Like, those are my top, like, five things I, I love in life. Um. Obviously, I love my family, my friends, but uh, yeah, I love love Sam doing her thing, and she just, dude, she's so cool. She's so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, I say it in the best way possible. She's like the definition of like a boss bitch. Like she's she uh, she was doing it, man, and I give her it. a lot of respect. I mean, very professional, very crisp. You know, with yeah. with her videos and stuff and her content. So all the respect in the world to her. Um, since you brought up good food uh, we brought you on because you just got done playing in various winter leagues and a lot of the food that you and her both posted on social media looked good what's the food like in Latin America
0: Uh, it's unbelievable it's it's so like I went down there because a lot of Americans that go down there are you know you're like don't drink the water and don't eat this food and don't do that and it's like i'm here for 3 months and i'm yeah. not going to sit there and eat freezer dried food and make this whole deal about it like i'm going to eat like i'm not going to just get some food off the side of the street even though i did a lot of the times and i was fine um i only got food poisoning once or food poisoning or some type of sickness and i mean that's just standard when you go to another country like our bodies are adjusted to food here and then you put something else in the mix and that you're just kind of bound to get something. And so I went three months and I only got really kind of fell ill one time. Um, but man, I had such dude, the food down there, it's so clean. It's so there's nothing processed. Like it's just, it's just like the essentials of what you need to be an athlete. It's carbs, protein, and what's the other thing? Fats, maybe some yeah, fats, yeah. Carb, fo- protein. There's one more thing, but carbs and protein and it's just like it's purest form like rice beans chicken rice beans pork you know um plantains uh beans steak like smashed up plantains fried plantains sweet plantains uh
1: they've loaded bananas down there
0: (laughs) yeah like it's freaking awesome mangoo. like oh i just had i was in such a good spot with like I had my little coffee shop behind that had this like really good authentic food. And then I would get to the field and I'd pay our little uh cab driver, and he'd go out and give me some like chicken and rice, and we'd all have that before the game. So the food down there was elite.
1: Yeah. So uh you brought up the fact that like in various places of the world, not even just you know the Latin Americas, those parts of the world are known for like pure food, right? Because a lot of things here in America are super processed. There's a lot of preservatives, you know, that's not a hot take. People know that. So Mm -hmm. I definitely have heard from people as they travel the world that it takes some adjusting because you're going from eating, you know, processed McDonald's to pure beef. Hey, this is just beef. That is what it is. There's nothing fake Mm -hmm. about it. It, It's basically, it's closer to farm to plate than it is here in the States. Definitely.
0: Definitely. It it really is. Uh, And that's, I'll I'll say this, Fernando. When I um when I went from the States and I got there and I was probably about three weeks in, I noticed it. And I noticed like, and everyone has a little bit of anxiety. I've gotten really good at being able to manage it. And I I had a deal, I dealt with it in the past a little bit. I'm in a really good spot right now, um, just from working on it and getting older and going through life. But like food is really. I I don't have science. I don't have data to back this up, but food and like the gut health, man, it leads to so much like, like I guarantee you and people, I, I can't describe it exactly, but like there's like this uneasiness in your body and your mind when you're just consuming this like American food and these processed chemicals. And I mean, it's synthetic. It's not real. Like it's, it's chemically made and altered and made to look pretty and stuff. And, like, that stuff, it goes into your body, and it just, it messes with you. And, like, you wonder why I can't get a hold of my, control of my anxiety, and why am I angry today, and why do I wake up, and I just, I'm kind of lost. And, like, of course, there's other different reasons. But when I went down to the DR, like, three weeks into it, I just started noticing, I was like, wow, like, my head's just kind of, just still, like, I was like, everything feels really still right now, like there's no BS going on I'm losing a little bit of weight I don't I'm not losing muscle like it was really cool to kind of see that and, and it made me think when I come back how important it is I want to really start eating like I've been eating Mexican food the last three four days I go to the same Mexican place because I'm like it's just that Latin America culture that they just they care about it and it, there may be some processed stuff in those but like it's just that it's beans rice vegetables protein like that's it
1: yeah, I think you might have the potential for it to be a little less processed. uh, yeah. potentially. Okay, so yeah. you played. You said three months. You went to the DR and Puerto Rico, right?
0: Dude, crazy story. So I actually, uh, I kind of got the hookup to go down to Dominican. Luckily, I had a old Angels teammate that is really connected there, and he's really good at baseball and. I reached out to him and he kind of helped me get the nod and put me in contact with some people. And um, they, you know, Hey Ty, we'd like for you to come down to spring training. So I went down to their Dominican spring training for like two, three weeks before, which was a crazy experience. Um, Really, really awesome. I mean, the, the hotel, they, they took care of us. I mean, Escojito absolutely took care of the gringos, man. Like, like first-class teams. Uh, Like, I mean that I absolutely mean that. And I would, I'd be honored to go back if I had the opportunity in the future. But, like, um, I was done. I was going back to Christmas because I kind of was about getting ready to shut it down. We just made the playoffs down there. I I was on an inconsistent spree. My ERA was kind of shot. But, like, I'd have, like, three four perfect games, and I'd give up, like, three runs. Three four perfect games, give up three runs. Meanwhile, Puerto Rico is going on doing their championship and doing their playoffs and stuff. And Jesus Feliciano, who's the first base coach in 19 – he actually called me when I was in the airport coming back to Charlotte. And he's like, hey, Ty, like, what's up, man? Like, he's just, he's a good dude. I, I like Jesus a lot. And um, he's like, you know, we've been watching you pitch for a while. Talk to the club. you we, We'd love for you to, um, you know, come down to Puerto Rico and pitch in our playoffs. Gave me a good, you know, chunk of cash to come down there, a rental car, my own house, like my own place to stay, like absolutely went above and beyond. And I'm thankful for it. Um, so I ended up going home, spending three days for Christmas and being like, all right, guys going back to Puerto Rico for three weeks, completely was out of the plan, went down there and had another just amazing experience.
1: So how, how are you uh, pitching wise? right now? Do you feel like going down to the DR and Puerto Rico made you a better pitcher, even Uh, though maybe a couple outings might not have been, you know, what you wanted?
0: Dude, it was every, that's what I needed though. Like, yeah, like it was my biggest thing from taking that time off. Like I've always been a naturally, like I get really tight. So if I don't stay on my flexibility and mobility and my core workouts, my body really locks up. And so taking a year off, I got thrown into AAA and it's like, Hey, go out there and do it. And meanwhile, like I'm throwing once a week. So there's no consistency. There's no, and I'm not blaming. I'm not making excuses. It's just, that's how AAA is now. It's like, unless you're a priority guy, you, you only, you really throw once a week. And so like at that time, I I just wasn't getting like the reps in that I needed. I mean, I threw 30 innings in I think three years, granted, you know, I was the guy that retired. So it's like, I did it to myself. I'm not saying it like that, but like I needed to throw, and I just needed to keep throwing and keep throwing and keep throwing. And dude, I got what I asked for because down there, like, tie get hot, you got five pitches, get in the game. Like it was a cool experience, man. Like I was in those games every other day, back to back to back days. Like um like it was it was a ton. It was a ton of baseball. I threw like 20 something innings and I think technically like two months worth of season. And then I threw another seven or eight in Puerto Rico or I think it was like no like four or five. But I got twenty five innings. So I got twenty-five innings in three and a half months of baseball compared to 30 innings of three years of baseball. So yeah, like that was huge because now I'm feeling really, really good.
1: uh, How many roughly like, you know, major leaguers did you think you faced? I know a lot of major leaguers will go down there, you know, did you get a face and like, are are you going to feel confident now going into spring training with the Mariners?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I would actually say that that Dominican baseball, even though I wasn't, I wasn't at my former like 2019, 18 self. I mean, it was like, I was still throwing like some good stuff. Like I was challenging these guys, but I mean, Dominican hitters and Latin hitters have always kind of given me a little bit of trouble because I throw a lot of fastballs and they're just notoriously like good hitting fastballs. That's in their culture. Um, and like velocity, like you can't ramp up on a Latin America, like a Dominican player, like, you can't throw this ball harder and think you're going to get a him because he's ready for it. And that was kind of my game. And I didn't really have my slider as much as I wanted to. So I had to rely a lot on the fastball and I didn't give up like any hard hit contact. I probably gave up two or three, maybe four hard hit balls, but the rest was like single up the middle, single up the middle, single down the line, bloopy over second base, because these guys just kind of keep their, they're good enough. They're either AAA or X big leaguer or current big leaguer, dominican hitters and they're just good enough to be like i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna get my hands inside the ball and like not knock it this way and they did and so yeah like i faced uh i faced a lot of guys that were in the the show i mean um miguel Sano, robinson um cano uh trying to think um like there's dudes on the toros that uh anuri tavares he's an amazing like free agent hitter he's up and down i played with him in the red sox um a lot of guys i I don't know i don't know all the names off the top of my head but like i'd go up in the lineup and be like oh my god i played against that guy in double a back with the you know against the blue jays and now he's here and you know he had i mean all those guys either are prospects for teams or they're like they're you know four a quality hitters so what
1: after puerto rico Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to get the call from Seattle?
0: So I got the, I got the email, you know, I, I, my dad's been my agent. Like he's been, um, he's been doing it. Like I don't have an agent, uh, I, where I'm at in my career and in my life, having an agent, I, it just, it's more about me pitching well. It's not like, I don't need to be sold. I got to go out there and do what I know I can do. And so like taking the stress off my plate, my dad was able to like find all these, gms and scouting directors and farm directors he paid like this service to get all these emails and he found all these emails and he just sent out like hey uh he was sending it for my email and um you know like i check it before he sent it and stuff and it's so it's coming from me too but like we'd send out film i mean we must have sent out over 70 to 100 emails and um finally instead of going to like uh the scouting directors he started sending it to like to gms and assistant gms and stuff and so one of the emails was you know we sent it to uh jerry depoto and obviously you know jerry and uh he's very familiar with me going over to uh seattle and you know pitching well over at t-mobile park and so he was like hey ty we'd love to uh obviously it wasn't just that. I mean, I think it's because of my performance in the DR. I was, I hit 98 a few times. My stuff was starting to come back. And he's like, Ty, we'd love to have you a part of our club. Um, You know, let us know if you're interested. And I responded, but like, yes, like I'm interested because there's no one else, you know, like let's do it. So uh, it it felt really right. And ever since I've signed with them, um, I know angel fans and everything like go back, but like, it just, it just feels super, it, it feels like a home and I, I don't know if I could say that um, about a, the five clubs I played with in the past, maybe a few, but for the sake of it, I'm just going to stick with the Mariners for now. But like, yeah, like it's just uh it's a cool feeling, man. Like it's definitely a different feeling. I think I'm just in a better spot mentally too, just a little bit more grown up. I have a lot more perspective than I was with the Astros and obviously angels, you know, I just, it was a very up and down um, career there. So learned a lot.
1: So I guess, gonna, I guess I'm going to I guess I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with this and I don't want a, a deep dive I guess I just kind of want the short answer. So you okay. went from, you know, an organization that's notorious for not having the strongest major league or minor league development my apologies in the angels right it, it's notorious they're they're always near the bottom of minor league development you went to the astros who are you know cream of the crop when it comes to developing minor leaguers and now you're going to seattle another place that is good at developing minor leaguers so the question when you did go to the houston organization is it pretty obvious why an organization like them continuously develops top tier minor league talent and then an organization like the angels maybe doesn't have that kind of success?
0: Well, for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to plead the fifth on mentioning anything about the angels because I've just, I've been out of the organization for a couple years. years. Um, I, I can't speak on it anymore. I can speak on my experiences with the Astros because I just, uh, it was, um, without giving too much like credit to a former team and me being on a divisional rival, I I don't want to sit here and say like, Oh, someone's knocking on my door. Um, yeah, like I can definitely like, there's definitely a absolute win first mindset with the Astros. And it's evident on just the little things throughout the nutrition and the, the planning, the communication, the systems they have set up, um, the ability to kind of like flip guys and if you're working if you're doing the job great we'll keep you there if not we'll find someone else who will replace you and so far with seattle the two days i've been here like it's a very familiar type of system and it's like i've had all these people reach out to me and people are communicating trying to get on the same page with me i got my my player plan meeting coming up i already threw a bullpen like the food's great uh the facility like all the staff is just super in tune like it's definitely that same vibe um, with Seattle so far, which is really cool to be a part of.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I, I didn't ask that question being like, oh, he's gonna bash the angels. I meant to more so like, you know, when you went to a place like Houston, you can mm-hmm. see that it's a well-oiled machine. That's more oh, yeah. so what I meant, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like the troops are in line, they're ready to work, you know, the nutrition's there. Because like you would mention, you were talking about gut health. <laughs> Things like nutrition are pivotal for athletes. I mean, you had the whole thing that came out about CJ Wilson. Uh, I don't know if you read those articles about when he was with the angels and they're like, Oh, just go get Chick-fil-A for breakfast. You know, things like that absolutely trickle down to the minor leagues, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's more so what I meant. So I, I guess as we, you know, try to wrap up here with Houston last year, you got mm-hmm. injured
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then uh, you came back for, was it about two or three weeks? And then you had that one, and you did pretty decently when you came back. You had that one outing that I remember you texting me about, where yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know how brash you want me to be. I mean, you got shelled that outing. I mean, you yeah. know, you're you're a, a very straightforward five. guy.
0: Yeah, gave up a six spot. Um, yeah. So, w- w- so what are you saying? Like, what was the experience like? That, like, getting like released and.
1: What was going on in your mind at that point? You know, you're a very strong-minded individual. And that's what I've always liked about you. And once again, I think that's why we've always gelled so well. So in that moment, what goes through your mind? Do you have those moments of doubt? Or knowing, you know, the kind of guy you are, was it just, hey, let's hop back on the horse?
0: Um, you know, Fernando, when I, when I got released, it was definitely a little bit of a kick to the ribs. And is it kick to the ribs or kick to the gut?
1: I mean... It works either way.
0: (laughs) It's good to the gut, but maybe I maybe I stick to references that I know for sure. Okay, Um, it was uh, it was like it was weird, man, because last year with Houston, like I I just mentally still wasn't where I knew I needed to be. I, I, I had a lot of still some self doubt, but I had a lot of self doubt because I knew how my body felt. It still felt tight. It still felt locked up. I couldn't repeat, you know, high velocity days. I go from throwing 98 one day and then 94 the next day. And so like I'm competing with a high caliber club, the best bullpen in baseball, and I'm trying to make my roster. And like, I'm trying to tell myself to be confident and tell myself like, dude, come on, we got this. But then I get on the mound and I'm like, I just feel, I, I feel uncomfortable in my skin. I feel uncomfortable on the rubber. And when you feel uncomfortable as a pitcher, it usually you start you don't pitch as well and so yeah I got hurt um a month into the season or yeah right after a month uh went down to rehab for two months um pitched really good the first month and then came back and I spent like all this time getting my body in shape and like I was dominating down in the you know like the Florida league down there but then I came back and I was in a really good spot mechanically But I wasn't really throwing as hard. I was like 92 to 94, touching 95. And that was kind of the issue of last year is like, I could kind of stay within myself and get out and be be a good quality pitcher. Or I can try to take this leap of faith and be like, I'm going to get back to throwing 97 to 100 like I did. And so then I would abandon like these good foundations and this good flow to chase velocity. And then like I chase it, I get it. And then I couldn't repeat it. And so like, that's just the backstory of basically going out to vegas day before and i had like a 1-8 through i think like 15 innings so like i was or not 15 maybe it was like 13 innings but i was throwing well for the club and then uh they signed Kendall graveman and right then i knew i was like or they traded them for him and right then i was like that was potentially going to be my role like kind of a 93, 95 guy with some sinks, gets, gets a lot of ground balls. I was getting a ton of ground balls. Um, I just wasn't polished enough. And it wasn't like one bad game and you're out. It was kind of like it, the decision was probably made a little bit in advance and that was just how clubs do it. Like when they're not going to release a guy that has a one eight, but the release a guy that has a five, you know, like, and it's cool. It's a businessman. Like they, they looked at it as, Hey, like and that's the other side of the professionalism and the business side. It's like, hey, we're not just going to keep you on this roster to hang out in AAA. Like we were either going to use you in the big leagues or we'll grant you your free agency. And that's what they did. So,
1: you know, I mean, and and the most admirable part about minor leaguers, in my opinion, is their ability to hop back on the horse. Right? Yeah. Because I mean, like you said, it's it, it's a kick to the gut at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Right. You know, and I actually had this discussion with my girlfriend a couple days ago, you know, like like looking for jobs where like I had that feeling of like, well, I'm not good enough. And she was like, no, it's not that you're not good enough. It's just not what they need right now. But like when you're getting cut from a team, right, you can either have one of those mentalities. You're not what they need right now or you're not good enough. But the most important thing is what are you going to do next? Is Mm -hmm. this the end for you or are you going to go out? on your own terms. So the fact that you went out, you got back on the horse, you went to the uh to the Dominican Republic, you went down to Puerto Rico and you refound your game and more importantly, you refound your confidence. Anybody can get the athletic ability back with enough practice and I mean, hey, I know you, I've known you for for years. You send me, you know, videos all the time of of your workouts. So I know you're grinding and that's admirable alone, but now you know, to see where you've come mentally, that's awesome, man. So I'm glad that you're not only back on the horse, but, you know, much like Sam, you've made the the horse your bitch. And hey, that's, that's where you got to be, man. So, you know, here's hoping that things work out for you in Seattle, my friend.
0: Thanks, Fernando. I appreciate that. I wouldn't, it was, it's been a hell of a last three years. And I mean, I, I just don't even know, like, if, if you would have showed me what the three years quitting baseball was going to be, I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to stay with baseball because it has been a lot of growth, a lot of new perspective, a lot of challenges. I faced every single demon you could possibly face, still facing some demons. And I just like, but the thing about this whole experience has just been, it has taught me so much and I've lost so much and I've gained so much too. And I know Sam feels the same way and it's like, okay, cool. Like we made some mistakes. We learned, we grew, we got better. And I'm 30 and she's 27. It's like, life's good. Like, you know, we got a lot of, lot of life ahead of us, man. A lot of opportunities still to see a lot of things to do and we're just getting started. I truly feel like that. So I appreciate you saying that.
1: Yeah, dude, absolutely um anything else you have to say anywhere where you can plug yourself if people want to come find you i mean everyone who follows us kind of already follows you but
0: okay i want to plug i want to plug can i can i plug crypto is or is someone going to sue me
1: you plug whatever you want man we own our own network
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) this is not financial advice so i have to say that but if you like competitive gaming And it's about 10, 15 bucks in tree fee. Look at it like esports. I'm not telling you to buy a token. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you one thing. Go check out the game called Battle Plan. It's all over my Twitter or X. It's all over there. I'm not, like I said, don't sue me. If you lose your 10 bucks, go check it out. It's a very (laughs) fun game. It took me about five, six days to study and learn it because it's a complicated thinking game. But I promise you, you're gonna have a lot of fun playing it. That's that's my plug.
1: Okay. All right, fair enough. Where can the where can the listeners find you uh you know social media if they don't already follow
0: you? Uh at Ty Butchery underscore.
1: Okay. And how about any of our young college students looking to learn about NIL? Where can they find Sam?
0: Oof, at Samby Green. Oh man, she's got it. Is it at Samby Green or yeah, at Samby Green NIL. Uh, just type in um, Instagram Samby Green. Anyone that's in college sports, go check out. No, don't go check out my wife. Go check out my wife. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: Samby Green. Yep, that is that is a. She, is, she,
0: is, she is a hottie though, but uh, she is definitely she's got some stuff in the works. I'm telling you that that girl, man, she just she's something. She's something.
1: Well, make sure to follow the Buttrees on their social media. They're good people. Make sure to cheer for Ty. Uh, you know, I know a lot of our fans are still cheering for you and I know you get the tweets all the time from people like, oh, you know, happy for you even though you're not in yeah. the angels anymore. so uh
0: yeah it's like it like it's just like like you going to the division clubs it's weird, but uh you know, it's how it, how it is, man. so uh
1: yeah, I just, mean, I kind of knew I was like, well, he's probably not gonna go back to the angels um you know, just because the angels kind of already know what what they had in him. so yeah. I was kind of hoping you were gonna go to Texas because at least you and I could have hung out a little bit more.
0: <laughs> well at this rate that may be the next club but I'm feeling really really good about Seattle and I, I think uh, there's some good energy coming man so we'll be, who ex- is, someone's knocking on my door, Fernando, so I gotta get going here but um, yeah, so yeah, I appreciate it man um, I'm excited, thanks for doing this and uh, anything else that you want to wrap up with or, or what's no, up
1: we're all good, thanks again for joining I- us
0: See you guys See ya